the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't mind me missing the intro. I'm just over here in a Twitter fight. How do, how do I know that the messaging, the, the facts that we're reporting are on target? Uh, because all of these troll accounts, people that don't have uh, the intestinal fortitude to put up a real picture and a real name, say awful things and uh, in, some, in some ways push posts viral. Uh, so it, it, two things must be right. We're reporting the truth and, and we're close to an election because that's what happens with these liberal wackos. Uh, we're going to talk about liberal wackos and uh, some other important stuff. Uh, with my next guest. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I can dig it. Bob France, can you dig it? I am always digging it, my friend. Always. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show, man. Thanks for carving out time for us today. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. What's going on? Well, you know, I've spent some time this morning talking about how in 2020 it was BLM. I believe in 2024 it's going to be PLM, uh, Palestinian Lives Matter. I think it's going to be the – that's going to be the platform that creates the disruption. And, uh, you know, all of it's funded by a dark money group, series, several dark money groups. Uh, and those same dark money groups were funding uh, the opposition to a 60 percent threshold to amend the Constitution. And now we know that they're – they've – funneled millions of dollars uh, into the state to support this uh, radical abortion amendment. So, hey, man, we're on the front lines of this war, you and me and Ohioans. Uh, glad to fight it with you. But uh, let's talk about that PLM part of it, uh, Palestinian Lives Matter. That's what I'm going to say is going to be one of the linchpins to the progressives trying to further install this one world government and, and crazy chaos. Um you posted something today I wanted to talk about, uh, and I just read the Reuters report before we went to break about the White House announcing this uh, campaign to combat Islamophobia. Uh, tell us your take on that, Bob. Well, it's pretty remarkable when um, when this rise in anti-Semitism is being chronicled, even by a lot of left-wing publications, not just in the United States, but around the world. When, you know, planes are landing from Tel Aviv in Russia and the plane has to be diverted to another airport because it's being greeted by a bunch of people trying to get at and tear the Jews apart who are getting off of the plane. When um, you you see the kind of, of rabid, the, the 1930s-style uh, anti-Semitism where Jews are, are literally being attacked just for being Jews. They're hiding in libraries on college campuses so that the Palestinian students who want to rip, rip them apart can't get at them. Um, it's astounding to me that the White House looks at that situation and says, this is a good time to create a new strategy to combat and counter Islamophobia. Um, according to federal uh, um, criminal statistics, crime statistics, the number of religious hate crimes last year 
or, or based upon the number of religious hate crimes, 60% of them, now this isn't, of course, racial hate crimes or different categories, but when it comes to religious hate crimes, 60% of the religious hate crimes last year were targeting Jews. 9% of those religious hate crimes targeted Muslims. So rather than coming up with a strategy to counter anti-Semitism, the White House comes up with the strategy to counter Islamophobia because of 9%. It's, it's an abomination, it's repugnant, and it just shows you that the Biden administration cares more about potentially losing crucial Muslim votes in crucial swing states like Michigan, with its very high population of, of Rashida Tlaib supporting Palestinian and Arab Muslims uh, who vote in, uh, in states like that. They care more about that than they do about ethnic Jews who are being attacked. So I, I read the Reuters article, and, and it's interesting to me in, in, from several angles. Number one, <clears throat> I mean, the headline clearly says what it is, that the White House is working on measures to counter Islamophobia. And then they, you know, they, they kind of fold into the report. But it's also going to, to work to combat uh, anti-Semitism. So, um, you know, they're trying to pitch it that way. And, and maybe you can comment on that. But here's the other thing that I think is really interesting. I think the press is really good at carrying the water for progressives and creating these uh, straw man and red herring arguments. And I think one of the red herring arguments that they get into in this article that I read is that um, the White House is doing this because support uh, because of Biden's radical support for uh, Israel. Well, first of all, I, I would come against that. Um, and so they're saying that President Trump is getting more support from Muslim Americans now. And uh, it's because of Biden's Israel policy. Bob, I don't buy that. I think, I think Muslims hate Joe Biden because of his desire to rip parents' rights from parents and because of their pro-LGBTQ plus activism. How do you see it? Well, I haven't done any surveys of Muslims, so I can't really speak to it specifically. I do think they see Biden's support for Israel as uh, a, a very troubling thing for them, uh, because they are, by their very faith, um, believers in, you know, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine shall be free, which means the elimination of Israel. And Biden expressing any support whatsoever for Israel is too much for them. Now, the reality is Biden is, is, is trying to play both sides of this fence. He calls it unequivocal support for Israel, but then he goes ahead and equivocates and essentially tells them, don't let your rage consume you. Don't do too much damage in Gaza because he doesn't want the Palestinian children. And I'll use that term very uh, loosely because there is no such thing as Palestinians right now because there is no Palestine. But um, And there hasn't been a Palestine either. But that's aside from the point here. The point is that Biden is trying to play both sides. If he goes all in for Israel, he will lose a lot of uh, Muslim voters in places like Michigan, swing states that he has to win in a potential rematch with Donald Trump. Now, as far as, far as Muslims siding with Donald Trump, they're not going to side with Donald Trump any more than they are Joe Biden. Anybody that sides with Israel, and remember, Trump moved the embassy from the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem at the request of, of, of uh, the Jewish state. Uh, they, they moved uh, or they recognized Jerusalem as the capital, which is something they have been trying to get them to do for years. Trump did it. So, you know, Muslims are just anti-Israel. Generally speaking, Muslims are pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas and anti-Israel. And anybody that expresses support for Israel, even in an equivocal way, which is what Biden does, is to draw their wrath. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and be just uh, completely out of bounds uh, with respect to political correctness here. Um, and and maybe I'm maybe I'm doing something that's atomic and stupid, but I want to get your opinion on this because I trust you and I think we have good dialogue. What what startles me is that uh, I think the group that's hated most in America are are Christians, particularly evangelicals and conservatives. And uh, Christians traditionally are are grace filled people. Now you have outliers in any organization, but isn't it interesting that that um, the Muslim faith and and by the way. People who practice Muslim faith have, you know, a whole host and a whole range of beliefs, just like Christians. There are more conservative. There are more lax. There are people who maybe just show up but don't practice, whatever the case is. But by and large, um, the Muslim faith is a lot more stringent and strict than the Christian faith. Uh, but the hatred for Christians is is off the charts because Christians are supposed to be these narrow-minded, um, you know, nationalists, uh, bigoted people. Does that ever, do you ever just have that moment where you go, why why is it seen that way? Well, you're right. I mean, um, you know, we we are first and foremost, obviously a Judeo-Christian nation. We were founded that way. And if you look at all of the founding fathers uh, documents, look at all of the writings, look at the Federalist Papers, look at the the Declaration for crying out loud, we are a a God-fearing Christian and and Judeo-Christian nation. Um, and I think there's just always um, the same kind of thing there is in other um, classifications and identifications um, when it comes to the majorities. You know, white privilege is viewed by people who are, you know, people of color because we are the majority. Um, well, the majority of this country by a large margin is Christian, uh, and then followed by Judaism. And so those who are not part of that, they kind of see those who are the majority as being in control, the ones who have all of the power, and there's a, a level of envy, a level of jealousy, animosity for those kinds of things. Hey, so, Bob, we've got about 15 right. seconds before this break. Keep yeah. going. Well, that's it. Just said that, that's, that's my nutshell answer is I just think people in the minority always have it in for those in the majority, and Christians uh, hold, that, hold that place. Hey, more with Bob France on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. I'm back with Bob France of Always Right Radio, and uh, we're talking about uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the the White House uh, trying to combat Islamophobia. Uh, I want to pivot to a story that I had sent to me last night. Actually, Bob was on the thread from one of our mutual friends uh, regarding Marjorie Taylor Greene and her attempt to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib accusing her of leading an insurrection when she addressed pro-Palestinian protesters as they held a sit-in at a Capitol Hill office building. Well, there were uh, more than than a handful. All Democrats voted against that censor. They wanted to table it. And uh, 23 Republicans, uh, one of those Republicans is Max Miller, who is a (laughs) Cleveland area representative. So, uh, Bob, I want to I want to start with, uh, I know you talked with Max. I want to hear about that in just a moment. But uh, how do you see this tabling of the censure of Rashida Tlaib? Well, um, it was disappointing uh, to see that it was censured. Um, uh, and, and I wish I could talk to all 23 of the Republicans who voted with the Democrats to to defeat it. Um, 
but I only got to talk to one. So I can only speak to it from his, his standpoint, and I'll answer any questions you have on that because I spoke to him for about 25 minutes this morning on the air. Um, he did have a legitimate explanation. I just happened to disagree with it, which is, which is okay. Um, to me, it is a terrible message because, you know, I said this when Rashida Tlaib held her little uh, event and then stood outside the Capitol and screamed and cried on behalf of uh, the, the lie, the myth, the fake story that Israel blew up a hospital and killed 500 kids. It was a lie, and everybody knew it. Even the New York Times had walked it back, and the day later, she's still out there repeating it, and she's crying. And I said at the time, you remember the old adage at the start of the uh, the Iraq War, uh, or, or as the Iraq War got going, Bush lied, people died, they claimed. Yep. Well, for me, I've been saying Rashida cried, people died, because her tears and her um, enthusiastic support for Hamas and her enthusiastic calling for Israel to, uh, to be destroyed, um, I think it emboldens and it empowers the Palestinian terrorists in Gaza, in the West Bank, in Lebanon, and uh, in, in the entire Middle East. I think when they see American members of the House of Representatives literally chanting in, in, in support of them and against Israel's right to exist, it keeps them going. It inspires them because they think, you know what? America doesn't even have Israel's back. Not fully. They're split. They look and they see all of the campuses. And they look at the Rashida Tlaibs, and they look at all of the other things going on here with people demonstrating in support of Hamas, and they think the Americans aren't even going to have their backs. Um, and that inspires them to continue and to do what they said today. You probably already saw the headline. I've tweeted it and, and posted it in a few different places. Hamas official vows to repeat Israel attacks again and again and again until it's destroyed. So they're not agreeing to a ceasefire. They want to continue. They will continue. They're making it very, very clear. And, um, you know, like I said, I think that emboldens uh, the enemies over there when they see Americans split, like Rashida Tlaib, one of our members of the House, uh, actually supporting that. And uh, look, I know this censure wasn't about this, but Rashida Tlaib once said, there's kind of a calming feeling, I always tell folks, when I think of the Holocaust and the tragedy of the Holocaust and the fact that it was my ancestors, Palestinians who lost their land and some lost their lives, their livelihood, their human dignity, their existence in many ways. Uh, They've been wiped out and uh, so on and so forth. Um, So understand that's that's her worldview. But it really well, wasn't was a... part of it. That was part of it. Was it part of it? OK. Yeah. If you read if you read the entire resolution and it's not long, <clears throat> I read the entire resolution. It contains several uh, elements of that. Uh, whereas in May of 2019, Rashida Tlaib said what you just said. She felt a calming feeling when thinking about the genocide of millions of Jews. Whereas in 2020, she re- uh, retweeted an illustration of the caption uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which, of course, the PLO means that uh, and, and to Hamas, it means you have to eliminate Israel for the area between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea to be Palestinian. You have to wipe out Israel, whereas in September 22. So it's all of her rhetoric. It goes on and on and on. And then it caps with on uh, October um, uh, 8th, she led the quote unquote insurrection uh, into the Capitol. And so that's where, you know, they lost Max Miller. Now, Max Miller, who I spoke with, is a Jew. He's one of only two Jewish um, Republicans in the entire House. And he has been one of the loudest voices in support of Israel and one of the loudest voices in condemning Rashida Tlaib, which is why it was so stunning that he voted against censure. So So just to let you know what he did, it's about that language of insurrection. His view is that if we call this an insurrection and pass a censure based upon that, that 
completely cheapens and delegitimizes the word. And it allows essentially the January 6th uh, insurrection language to be to be legitimized. He said January 6th was not an insurrection, and this wasn't an insurrection either. And if we allow them to make the definition and we use it in the same way, we essentially then agree that what happened on January 6th was an insurrection when it never was. So what Max Miller's doing is he is drafting a new resolution of censor today. Uh, he wants it to go through regular order, be available for input and markups to be as strong as possible to truly condemn Rashida Tlaib's rhetoric and her, uh, you know, ter- terrorist uh, uh, sympathizing that she does so that she is indeed, you know, censured for all of that. But he doesn't want the language of insurrection in it because he said it essentially legitimizes their their claim of January 6th being an insurrection. We do have a right to uh, redress uh, grievances with our government officials. And so certainly that doesn't necessarily include violence and, and real insurrections. But um, I think there's a point there. I think there's a point there. But I think there's also a sentiment with conservatives and Republicans that are like, wait a minute, Trump said go down there and peacefully and patriotically protest. The press lied about that. They clipped that audio and that video. And, you know, they made this big to do about something that really wasn't an insurrection. I think there are a lot of people who want a pound of flesh in exchange for that. But to me, there's some wisdom in in what Max is saying. And and I might get criticized for this and I don't care. But if we're going to call everything an insurrection. okay. I think there was two, Jack, and I told him so. I okay. agreed with his his principle. However, I think the damage is bigger when you when you vote down a censuring of this particular woman because of her out, outrageous support for terrorists. She is a terrorist sympathizer. I don't think she. I told him this. She doesn't deserve to serve in the Congress. I don't think she should be allowed to visit the Congress. I I, I think she should be expelled. And the very least you can do is start that process with a censure. And, and again, it sends a message to Hamas and Hezbollah and all of the other terrorists in the Middle East that even the Americans won't censure and condemn and discipline somebody who's on our side. And I think that sends a terrible message. So I agree with you and I agree with Max. There's a point to be made there. But I think the optics are far worse that they voted, voted this thing down. All right, Bob, 30 seconds. Anything else that you want to uh, distill down uh, for our listeners? Uh, Well, I mean, I'll just say this. Um, The idea that uh, there is a White House strategy or plan or whatever to counter Islamophobia and not anti-Semitism, which, of course, is the principal issue that we are dealing with in this country as far as hate right now, is shameful. I hope that Max Miller gets this new censure uh, resolution done, and I hope they vote on it. I hope it passes overwhelmingly so we can start to push back against this nonsense and start defending uh, the Judeo-Christian nation that we that we all love so much. That's well, how I'll leave it. Uh, Bob, thank you. Uh, you had an important conversation with Max. I'm glad that you were able to share with us the, the finer points and the details of that. But most importantly, thank you for joining us today on the Bruce Willis Show. I always my appreciate pleasure. you. All right. That's it's, it's on my It's on my Rumble page, by the way, if anybody wants to hear it. Pitch always that real quick. Radio on all, Rumble. Always, always write radio, radio on, Rumble. on Rumble. All right. He is Bob France. Uh, he's my partner in crime uh, radio and podcast at times. So thanks again, Bob. All right, uh, that's it. We're rounding third, heading home. And uh, what a show today. Uh, thank you, Bob France, for joining us. And uh, thank you, Ben Flowers. Thank you, Robert Cooperman. And thank you for listening. Hey, don't forget to set your alarm tomorrow. We'll do it again at 11 o'clock on 98.9 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.